Can't figure out a solution to one of your problems? Give prayer a try and see what God can do. You're listening to the podcast version of God's Message magazine. And today's topic is Amidst a Troubled World. No man is without any problem. Today, more than ever, is beset with problems of all sorts, problems that are brought about by his own inability to satisfy all his needs as demanded by, well, the fast-changing times. Wherever he goes, he is confronted with a troublesome situation or a dilemma which causes him to worry. There are times, in fact, when a problem escalates to unmanageable proportions, it renders him helpless and brings about for him untold miseries. It may seem ironic, but it is not only the poor and the unlearned who are at times unable to overcome the harsh realities of life. The rich and the learned, who are taught to be better equipped and trained and who have more resources at their disposal, also suffer. Many of them have figured in nerve-shattering scandals, ending as veritable wrecks, being unable to cope with the demands of a hostile environment. How many have committed suicide, ending what could have been a promising career and meaningful existence? In view of all these, members of the Church of Christ are not at all surprised at the problems confronting humankind. Guided by the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, they are made aware that amidst a troubled humanity, they have no cause for worry. Basically, what things cause man to worry? Should he really be worried about them? In the course of his ministry on earth, our Lord Jesus Christ admonished his disciples thus, I quote, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Unquote. At Matthew 6.25 Our Lord Jesus Christ drew his disciples' attention to a common observation on man's preoccupation. Man worries about what he will eat or drink or what he will clothe himself with. He worries about the so-called prime necessities of life. But should he really worry about them? On the contrary, our Lord Jesus Christ advised his disciples against worrying about these material things. Why does Christ not want his disciples or followers to be worried about food, drink, and clothing? What does he want them, as well as everybody else, to realize? Citing as example things in nature, Christ continued to teach thus, I quote, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Unquote. Matthew six twenty six through 30. Little things, but simple truths. Birds neither sow nor reap nor store in barns, yet they are able to survive. God feeds them. Christ teaches that man is worth much more than birds. Worrying, in fact, does not lengthen, but can even shorten one's existence. Christ further pointed out that even the noted King Solomon of yore in all his splendor was not dressed like the lilies of the field. People, therefore, need not be either anxious or worried about their basic needs. Who are preoccupied with the things of this world? Is God unaware of the things that his creatures need? Verse 32 states thus, I quote, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, unquote. God created man. He knows what man needs and what's best for him. It is the pagans, those who do not know the true God, who are anxious and worried about their day-to-day -day existence. Today, even among the believers, there are still those who worry as they suffer the brunt of existence. But should they? What will happen in these last days according to the apostles? The learned Apostle Paul warned thus, I quote, Remember that there will be difficult times in the last days, unquote. 2 Timothy 3.1 There will be difficult times in the last days. This was prophetically proclaimed by Apostle Paul. Hence, having been so forewarned, instead of worrying about the worsening condition of life on earth, People must prepare themselves for any eventuality. They must look for the true and lasting solution, not a palliative one as taught in the Bible. They should not be driven to despair. These problems of existence are not as insurmountable as they appear to be. According to our Lord Jesus Christ, what must man do to be able to solve life's problems? Instead of worrying, what does Christ want us to do? In Matthew 6.33, Christ commands us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things, our needs, will be given to us as well. Our Lord Jesus Christ recognizes the importance of food and clothing, things needed for our earthly existence. But they should not be given the highest priority. Instead, Christ wants us to seek first to give top priority to God's kingdom and his righteousness. And the things that people in this world value and seek will be added. Sad to say... 
lot of people do not know how to prioritize things according to their degree of importance. Does this mean people no longer need to work or earn a living? On the contrary, God commands man to work for a living, but it should not be the be-all and end-all of one's existence. So, which is that kingdom that man must seek first? Our Lord Jesus Christ himself testified about the kingdom that the Father was pleased to give to the little flock. That's Luke twelve thirty-two. Which is this kingdom which the Father was pleased to give to the little flock? It is the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's Colossians 1, 12 through 14. The kingdom that was given to the little flock is the kingdom of the Son, or of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is also the place wherein we find redemption and forgiveness of sins, but which was redeemed by the blood of Christ, which is also the little flock of which Christ spoke. In Acts 20, 28, this is written, Take heed therefore to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you overseers to feed the church of Christ, which he has purchased with his blood. Unquote. The flock which was purchased or redeemed by the blood of Christ is the church of Christ. Hence, it is of utmost importance that men join the church of Christ, as it is the kingdom of God's Son. More than the material things God promised to provide those who seek his kingdom first, those who have found and joined the church of Christ are assured of redemption and forgiveness of sins. Christ specifically instructed all to look for God's righteousness aside from the kingdom. So, which is the righteousness of God that man must also seek? What is its importance? Apostle Paul answers us thus, I quote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. Unquote. That's Romans 1, 16 and 17. God's righteousness is the gospel, which is his power in saving man. What does it mean that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation? How is man saved through the gospel? In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 and 2, the same learned apostle Paul wrote the Christians, quote, Now I would remind you, brethren, in what terms I preached to you the gospel, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. Unquote. One is saved by receiving and holding firmly to the gospel preached unto him. How about in these last days, or from the ends of the earth? As in the first century, God's righteousness, or the gospel, would likewise be brought to the people in these last days. But, 
whom shall God use as his instrument from the ends of the earth in bringing to man the gospel or his righteousness? Through prophet Isaiah, God made known his words, that which he purposed, quote, Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness, it shall not be far off and my salvation shall not tarry, and I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory." Unquote. Isaiah 46, verses 11 through 13. The words of God spoken through prophet Isaiah revealed a man who was likened to a ravenous bird who would come from the far east. God would utilize him as an instrument in bringing near his righteousness to people who are stout-hearted. When this would have come to pass, as willed by God, salvation would be at hand for his people. How was this prophecy fulfilled? What was its fulfillment? This prophecy of God was fulfilled with the emergence of the Church of Christ in the Philippines, the Far East in the prophecy, through the instrumentality of Brother Felix Y. Manalo, who started the divine task of preaching the gospel and officially registered the Church of Christ with the Philippine government in 1914. What is Christ's promise to the members of his church, even in this life? In the parable of the vine, Christ portrayed the members of his church as his branches, he being the vine. What does Christ expect of the branches? Christ said, I quote, Remain in me, and my words remain in you. Then you will ask for anything you wish, and you shall have it. Unquote. John 15, 7. Those who remain as Christ's branches or as members of his church are promised to receive what they ask for. Christ's assurance is clear. Ask for anything you wish and you shall have it. However, Christians or members of the church of Christ are advised against asking for things to be used for worldly pleasures. That's James 4, verse 3. Such would not be granted. Members of the church are expected to live righteously and not to give in to sinful pleasures. Of course, one's earthly sojourn is not worry-free. Nonetheless, Apostle Paul, a caring minister who well understood the plight of the brethren, admonishes, Don't worry about anything. But in all your prayers, ask God for what you need, always asking him with a thankful heart. Philippians 4.6 So, instead of worrying, we are advised to make our needs known to God in prayer. We should ask him for what we need. Why? Would God have enough for our needs? Apostle Paul inspires us thus, quote, 
and with all his abundant wealth through Christ Jesus, my God will supply all your needs. Philippians 4.19 To find more articles like these, get your copy of God's Message magazine from a member of the Church of Christ. You can also find the podcast version on incmedia.org slash podcasts or on iTunes or Google Play under INC Podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Brother Bob Pauline. God bless.